welcome to yet another episode of the Rocks and Roots podcast. We are very jolly and merry this evening. Cheers. Cheers. Jolly uh, and merry means drunk. <laughs> Not really. We're fine. No, we just finished watching Home Alone. We are on vacation. Cranky is here in the flesh, and I am your other host, Tumbles. How are you tonight? I am doing well. Mrs. Cranky is not doing so well. We have been... I'm going to interrupt and be really loud <laughs> and pretend to sing really loud every 35 seconds all day for the next however long this podcast lasts. The no fails! <laughs> so. Ho, ho, ho. So we have been torturing Mrs. Cranky all day, and I need to make it up to her desperately. <laughs> Welcome to the most unprofessional, unprofessional podcast, podcast on, on the, the internet. internet. So, cheers, cheers to you, Crank. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas if you celebrate to our fabulous, fabulous listeners. So what do we got on the docket tonight, Crank? So I think we should start out by talking, by saying thank you to, we've had a lot of awesome guests recently. Yes. So thank you to Tat, thank you to... Neil. Yes, who that episode will come out, we spoke to him recently, and thank you to the Perimeter Trail. Um, so, and then... The trail we, itself. Yes, just the, just the just trail. The trail. <laughs> just thanks to the trail. Yes. <laughs> Thank you to Layla and Rue for coming on a couple of weeks ago. It was a great chat. And we have other guests coming down down the pike. And not to mention, we've also just celebrated a year of the Rocks and Roots podcast. And I am stunned that we have any listeners left and that we are adding listeners. It's, it's amazing. It's Thank wonderful. You and that we've been doing this for a year is just crazy. We actually started this a year ago while on... This vacation. We yep. go down to Virginia every year, the day after Christmas for a few days, to do history stuff, to do some minor hiking through the Piedmont region. Yes. And this year has been awesome as usual. So I wanted to start out, I know this is not your thing, but I wanted to share. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm doing it, I don't care. Well, the thing is, this episode is not really talking about a trail specifically. We will let them know. Yes. We, we, we have a mishmash of certain things. I, the main thing that we're going to talk about is our, our Christmas gifts. They are many trail-based gifts we got this year. But first, Cranky is going to... Regale us with some Grimm's fairy tales. Oh, God. There once was a father who slaughtered a pig, and his children saw that. In the afternoon, they began playing. <clears throat> One child said to another, You be the little pig, and I'll be the butcher. Always a bad idea. He then took a shiny knife and slit his little brother's throat. What? The mother was upstairs in a room, bathing another child. And when she heard the cries of her son, she immediately ran downstairs. Upon seeing what had happened, she took the knife out of her son's throat and was so enraged that she stabbed the heart of the other boy who had been playing the butcher. Well, that doesn't help anything. Does it? Then she quickly ran back to the room to tend to her child in the bathtub. But while she had gone, he had drowned in the tub. Now the woman became so frightened and desperate that she wouldn't allow the neighbors to comfort her and finally hung herself. You, does it say hung? Yes. Fascinating because you, you, people are hanged, drapes are hung. Yes. Maybe it's a translation issue. Huh. When her husband came back from the fields and saw everything, <laughs> he became so despondent that he died soon after. That is not Mary. Is a sample of the original Grimm's fairy tales, and the lesson of that story is: watch what you see, what you allow your kids to see you do. These are very, very old tales from the Germanic region that didn't have time to fuck around and dance around the bush. So the lessons were very blunt and very brutal. And we have distilled that into cute Disney movies like Tangled. So I got a copy of the first edition and I thought I would share with our listeners. This is the second time I had to hear this story. 
Because I allowed Cranky to do this story once a day. He wanted to say it again last night, and I said, hell no, I won't listen. I, I will have to look for other stories. Oh, good. <clears throat> so, let's talk about our Christmas gear. Oh, we're just transitioning so nicely. Yes. Huh. Well, that was part of my Christmas haul, so now we're just this moving This is true, you did other, get that for Christmas. Okay. Other Christmas. Do you have your bag? Do you know, do you remember what you got? I remember. Okay, yeah, good. Got my bag. All right, would you like to go first? So the first thing I got were about <laughs> uh, five or six mm-hmm. um, Mountain House. Yes. So breakfast skillet from the Tumbles family. Yes. Um, so I was very, very happy because I am collecting those as part of my prepping, and they are also good for trail. Excellent. So, and there is a new flavor that I have to try. Uh, chicken and dumplings or chicken and potato. I have not had that one yet. All right. Sounds delightful. So that was my first. And once he received all these, he's like, now we can go back to the Shenandoah, which I said, oh, we had to wait for the skillet. All right. But you did receive one other dried meal. Oh, yes, I did. Yes. Which I don't remember the brand. Okay, so the this is what I this is one of the gifts I got cranky. It's from the brand called Bushka's Kitchen, and it, the Bushka's Kitchen is a very small uh, company. They only have three main meals, and then about six or seven like side dishes and breakfasts. Um, I heard this, I believe, from. Jonathan Zaharik of Adirondacks fame. That makes sense. And I said, oh, let me check it out. And they had some really interesting uh, dishes. The one I got for Crank, as well as myself, was a boar, B-O-A-R, dish with, what else did, what did it have? Basmati rice in yep. it. It had peas. It, it sounded quite good. But they also have venison. They have one with venison and I forget the other one. Bison. The yes. third one was a bison a bison meal. They are definitely pricey, as all of your mountain house and backpackers pantry meals are. Actually, Bushka's Kitchen's a little bit more expensive because you're dealing with a, a cottage company rather with than a bigger company. venison and yes. bison no. and yes. And due to inflation, I'm sure, all of that take, is taken into account. So that was that's about $13 or $14 for one of those meals. And Mountain House at Walmart is up above $9. Yeah. Yeah, inflation is real, folks. So, yes, thank you very much. You're very we welcome. did look at the packaging. Mm-hmm. Um, Mountain House obviously has a bit more artificial crap in it, but they weigh about the same. Yes. Um, and they're about roughly the same size. They're about the same size. Size and um, nutritional value, but Mountain House just has a little more artificial crap in it. That's so. all right. We all need a little preservative in our bodies here and there, right, friends? Yeah, right, right, right. Absolutely. Sure. So, I, yes, thank you. I am looking forward to trying that. All right. And my first gift, well, not in order, but my first gift that I'm looking at is you saw this on an ad, right? No, I originally saw this in Gettysburg. Oh, did you? Okay. Mrs. Cranky at some freaky-ass elephant emporium. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a candy shop and elephant emporium. So fucking random. And they had this, so I had to search on the internet for it. So what we were talking about is actually a beanie hat, a a warm winter beanie hat, but it has a built-in headlamp. And it is very... Oh, I'm blind. Oh, shut (laughs) up. I just blinded myself. All right. It has one, two, three settings of brightness. And be rest assured that you will blind someone if you go to the brightest setting. But it's really cool. It is battery powered. So you charge the battery into, they suggest your computer. I'm sure you can do it with a wall outlet too. I haven't played with the charging mechanism, but it's a really cool gift and it will definitely be used. So thank you so much. You are welcome. And you don't like plug the hat in. You literally <laughs> no, you pull take the, the battery, battery out. out. Yeah. So. And we will try to get links for all that we're talking about and put it in the show notes. And we should also do pictures for the instant nut. Oh, the instant nut. Yes, of course. Next. So next, I have the Knoll's Cookery um, 
recipe and nutrition guide. And this is another one for me. This looks amazing. So just quickly going through the table of contents, it has uh, planning, ration planning, nutrition, packing, then it has cooking as a section, lightweight backpacking, basic cooking terminology. Oh, environmental considerations, fun. Um, actually, for non-environmentalists, I am very aware of not fucking up campsites. So that actually, And clean up after yourself, yes. basically. So that actually is important. You don't want bears coming through because you're leaving your shit everywhere. And then it has a shit ton of recipes. And I already picked out... <clears throat> Max and cheese. This should have been the last gift I gave you because he was reading this as we were exchanging gifts. Like, put the shit down right now. <laughs> Darn tootin' black bean chili. I intend to test that. Oh, Jesus. I'll be on the other side of camp. Um. So, yes. So, we are going to try those. So, this book I actually got at REI, but you can get this on Amazon. Any major bookseller will definitely have this. It is actually rated one of the best recipe camp cooking books that I have found in my research. It better be. It's Knowles. They're yeah, it is Knowles. Like the brand. It is the seventh edition, so it is the most recent. Actually, the most recent came out four years ago. So that is the most recent and seventh edition. So yeah, I'm excited for you to cook for me. <laughs> oh, fun. <laughs> I, I'm excited to experiment, so uh, hopefully I won't poison you. Anyway, next up, Cranky and Mrs. Cranky were so kind enough to get me this really awesome lighter. It is a plasma windproof and waterproof lighter. So this thing looks like a taser, <laughs> a baby taser. Um, it is red, so you can choose your colors. And it is very protected. You have to actually open it like a Zippo. Yep. And you press it down. And it turns this pretty purple color, and you can... There is no flame. No flame, yeah. It is... Um, it's an arc, basically. Think mm -hmm. like fucking Iron Man, like the arc reactor. It is an electric arc that between two arc. conductors. There you go. He has all um, the scientific words here. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so there is no flame. It is just a stream of electricity between these two conductive points so therefore you can't blow it out you can drop it in water it is waterproof you will never run out of fuel but um if the actually we have a solution if the apocalypse comes so never mind um i want one of these for myself so i will eventually be getting one for myself and what's nice is that it comes with definitely comes with a charger it also comes with a a lanyard <clears throat> so you can wear it around your neck around your wrist if you wanted to or just what stick it on your backpack What's it weigh? Because obviously a Bic oh, is really light. Like, I'm assuming this It's about is... the, the weight of a Bic. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, man. it's about the weight of a Bic lighter. It's not the... a little bit heavier, I think. Is it maybe about the weight a of a Zippo? Zippo. That yeah. makes sense. And I don't have it here, but Mrs. Cranky is amazing and got me a new day pack. Oh, yeah. So a Gregory 18-liter day pack. We got this in Vermont. Um, and I am really, really excited to try it out because my current day pack is actually a mountaineering pack, which works fine, but, um, uh, mountaineering packs are not as roomy because they're designed for putting on your back and climbing, like, mountains. Mm -hmm. Not hiking mountains, like, literally climbing. Like, <laughs> it's got shit for rope and pitons and shit. So I'm excited to have a new, uh, day pack. Thank you, Mrs. Cranky. I love you. <laughs> she said you're welcome she's the best all right you're next all right so it seems like this is a yearly thing now so every year i get a box filled with goodies and they're, they're little handheld goodies and trail snackies so this year i was very excited about this your very own meat log my very own seven inch <laughs> nice and girthy meat log it is smoked uncured pepperoni from the Vermont Smoke and Cure uh, store, and it is quite delicious. We did have it on trail in the past, so thank you so much, as well as some some of our favorite trail uh, energy uh, snackies, uh, the untapped 
company makes maple waffles. They're like Stroop waffles that have maple syrup in the middle of the, of the waffles, as well as just little packets of pure Vermont maple syrup. So if you need a pick-me-up, we highly recommend this. When we did the Stowe Half Marathon, yep. Untapped was one of the sponsors. Those are stolen from the Stowe Half Marathon. Really? These yes. that were stolen? Yes. At oh, the I still end, have mine at home. <laughs> at the end, they were giving out, so we just, Mrs. Cranky you and I were just stolen grabbing. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy. Thanks. And, of course, my favorite of all the energy chews and boos is the Cliff Blocks. This is strawberry flavored. Um, what is your favorite Cliff Block flavor? A cherry. Oh, yours is the cherry. I love the cran raz, but strawberry is equally delightful. So thank you, thank you, thank you. What's next? So it is not here, but I got a life tent. Oh yeah, that's right. Which will go inside of the day pack. Thank you, Mrs. Cranky. <laughs> she said you're welcome again. <laughs> so it is a life tent. To save your life. Yes, I don't know the brand because um, it is not here, but I'll put a picture up on the Instagram. So basically, I just wanted something since we're going into the Adirondacks more with the snowshoes, um, the Catskills, hopefully we'll be up in the whites. Just something to put in the pack. Um, this thing is very, very light, um, you know, less than a pound. It is not a tent tent, but it is just something that you can put up. It is um, teepee shaped. No, not teepee shaped. Like traditional tent, like fucking triangle. Yes, A-frame triangle. <laughs> um, you just put it up. It comes with foil emergency blankets, like the Good. space blankets. And it's just something in case, you know, tumbles here, tumbles and breaks her fucking leg and we're stuck up there. Me. Me. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, me. Your name with tumbles. Yeah, I, I get this, but who got the goddamn tent? <laughs> that is true. Yes. Um, just you know, in case anything happens, yeah. and we're stuck there, it's a good thing to have. And you're waiting for Your people to come and help you. Emergency bivy. Yep. Um, you're next. My dear mama. Now she knows that she's been doing this for about three or four years at this point. Every year gets me a brand spanking new pair of Ultra Lone Peaks. And I'm very appreciative that she goes out of her way and buys me trail shit. So these are the Ultra Lone Peak 5s. They are in an obnoxious, but I love it, pink and purple color to that when I'm in black... The thing that you can see is the pink. And they match your trekking poles. That's right. Very so, coordinated on trail. As for all um, ultras, very comfortable. As you know, most of you know, uh, ultras are known for their wide toe box. And it's like you're walking on a cloud. We love the ultras. Uh, the Lone Peaks are... Sponsor us, please. <laughs> exactly. Cranky does have the torrents for his running. I used them this morning. He used them this morning. And we use the Lone Peaks often, both the high tops and the low tops, for trail. Um, yeah, the Lone Peaks, I mean, they're all trail runners, but it's become, the Lone Peaks especially have become like a cult trail following. Yes. However, <clears throat> we are not recommending what you do as of you... Of course. Yes, as you heard mm -hmm. with our lookout hostel guests, um, Ultra Lone Peaks fucked her foot up. And she had to go for surgery. So, we like them. Try them out if you would like. But this is not a gear. Your feet are your feet. So... I have extremely wide feet and... Um, I have extremely flat feet. Right, and I've tried everything from... What have I tried? Solomon's. I've tried... Merrill's, oh, horrible. I've tried, um... Really fucking expensive. Las Sportivas. Um, yeah. They hurt my feet something awful. Um, even, unfortunately, as if you've listened to my Tour de Mont Blanc episode, um, I had <clears throat> Loa boots that really, really screwed up my pinky toes just for the constant rubbing and the foot jam going downhill on the tour. Anyway, the Lone Peaks really never gave us an ounce of issue. Nope. Personally. I've had 
one blister in yeah. five years. They're yeah. amazing. They're amazing. Anywho. Next, <clears throat> this is from you again. Uh, none brand. I have hydration tablets. Because Cranky is stubborn and he doesn't take vitamins and yeah. So I'm going to read <laughs> off the package here. For immune support, sick, stressed, or on the go with complete electrolytes and antioxidants. None is your back to balanced um, water. So plop, flizz, fizz, <laughs> flizz, 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 drink balance. So these are awesome for um, hydration and for immunity. So I will definitely be putting these in my pack. They look like Alka-Seltzer tablets. Yep. <laughs> so this is something that I would do at lunchtime or before we leave or at night when we're done. This is not this is something it takes a minute to dissolve and mm -hmm. to drink. This is not something um, you do necessarily while you're walking. But um, thank you very much. You're and welcome. you got Mrs. Cranky. Uh, again, none hydration. The rest for recovery. Time for a little R&R. &R. <gasps> Are they talking about the Rocks and Roots podcast? Yes, that's exactly what they're talking about. Oh, nice. my flavor was blueberry tangerine. And I just had some because I've had more alcohol than I've had in a long time. <laughs> so I figured that that would be good to uh, kind of preemptively. And how was it? <clears throat> it was good. I, good. I enjoyed it. So time for a little R&R. &R. Yes. Pack right with electrolytes, <laughs> magnesium, um, and tart cherry. None is your kick back and relax water. Plop, fizz, drink, relax. Lemon chamomile. Mrs. Cranky has not tried them yet. We will let you know how they work. So, thank All you. right, you're very welcome. Uh, and I guess, let me see. Um, coffee, I got some. Okay, so my last trail gift that I received from the Mr. and Mrs. is a solar charger, a power bank portable charger, and I see Cranky holding his. So we're going to do some comparison, but you go first. So this is, it's a solar charger. Um, I'm looking at the box here. It includes an LED flashlight, universal, uh, Serral USB. Am I saying that right? <laughs> S-E-R-A-L USB. Serral USB. Okay. I don't know what that means. Um, but basically what you do is you leave it out in the sun to charge and then you can charge your devices, um, like any power bank. Like a um, anchor. Yes, just like an anchor. However, when I unboxed this uh, solar charger, I I looked at Cranky's. We noticed that there's you a, got the better one. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, a sizable difference in both. So I'm looking for the brand name on yours, and I it's a known name. <laughs> yeah, I cannot. Oh, it's Raya Pow. Okay. And mine is Blavor. Blavor. Yes. Oh. It sounds like an Ikea it, furniture, doesn't it? It does, but these put out 12 volts. Mm. Um, mine will charge my phone two to three times, so nowhere near as good as an anchor. But um, yours looks a bit more substantial. So the idea is both brands come with um, like a clip like a carabiner type clip and the idea is you put it on the outside of your pack while you're walking it soaks up the delicious vitamin d of the sun mm -hmm. charges the battery and then you can charge your shit at night this will also work for your lighter oh yeah that's right it'll charge your lighter um it'll charge anything with a usb the only issue for our ultralight people is that this thing is not particularly lightweight. Mine is lighter, but that comes with a trade-off that will probably charge more. more. Right. So that is the, um, the only drawback that I see. I've not played with it yet. 
I would imagine summertime oh. Appalachian Trail, the Green Tunnel. It is partially charged. So you can charge it through the wall, obviously, as well. Right. Shut this off. So that's oh, what... Oh, there goes the lights. Oh, so blind. you turn the flashlight on by holding oh, the, power, Jesus. <laughs> the power button for five Don't seconds. put light in eye. All right. So I would imagine Green Tunnel, Appalachian Trail, summertime... That thing's not going to get a lot of sun. No, certainly not. So... If you're out in the desert, if yes. you're out in the wintertime doing a hot camp or a backpacking trip, definitely would help. How do you turn this off? Don't... I can't look. I wonder if it automatically just turns off. Yeah, we will have to read directions. All right. You are getting this fresh out of the box, folks. Oh, man. So we're going to do some updates when we actually play with this stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with it. Cool. Well, that... Was that it? I believe... I mean, Mrs. Cranky got two um, bags, two um, trail foods herself. They were two vanilla ice cream sandwiches. She, she loves... That's her favorite ever, yeah, she ever. she loves space ice cream. Space ice cream. Um, Mountain House brand? Uh, maybe? Yes, Mountain House. Mountain House. Brand. Cool. I'm yeah, sure, I'm sure I, it's delicious. I think that is it. Cool. So... It was a good Christmas, as usual. It was usual. a very good Christmas, and we will come back and update, um... As we play with this stuff and we see how it works. So. Yes. What's next? Uh, yeah, that covers all of the Christmas haul. And Woo-hoo! we will be back uh, hopefully by the end of January with at least some update as to how this shit works. We were traveling. Today. Today through North Carolina. Our goal was to hit. This is also a semi-history podcast. Boom. If you have been listening, you would know that. Um, so pretty much the hiking stuff is done if you, if you want to bail. Yeah, if you want to bail out. I mean, what are we at? We're almost a half hour. So congratulations, folks. If we you are done. <laughs> stick around, our longtime fans. Um, <laughs> our goal today was to hit Roanoke, the site of the Lost Colony. And Kitty Hawk, the site of the first successful, although it's debated, but I'm going with the first successful, heavier-than-air flying machines in a controlled flight. Excellent. So uh, just to let our listeners who are not familiar with the East Coast or North Carolina and the Historic Triangle area... um, Where Roanoke, the Lost Colony, the Outer Banks, where that is in the northeasternmost part of North Carolina. If you take a look on a map, or if you're familiar with Long Beach Island in New Jersey, it kind of looks like Long Long Beach Island. It's a barrier, a long strip of land, and then going west, there's a bay, and then you reach Roanoke. It was quite a drive. It was about from Williamsburg, Virginia, where we are currently. It was about a two hour and 45 minute yeah. drive. And you're going through a nice area. Um, naturally, very sandy area. Um, no hills for our hikers out there, but a very, very nice landscape. I felt a little cross- claustrophobic because you are driving <clears throat> over causeways and yeah. you are on a strip of land. And I very much could feel that the ocean was on either side and there are no mountains. Mrs. Cranky loved, loved it. Because she loves the ocean. But I was like, um, we're going to see really cool shit and this is awesome. But I definitely was not as comfortable as I am on the top of a 4,000 to 5,000 foot peak. Mm-hmm. So we noticed as we were traveling uh-huh. down. <laughs> that the state... Of North Carolina Carolina. is extremely promiscuous. (laughs) Yes. Um, Or, you know, lots of innuendos. So one of the businesses that we saw was Dirty Dick's Crabs. So this is obviously a crab shack. I got my crabs from Dirty Dick's. Is their tagline. That is their advertising slogan. so bad. Um, So, yeah, we thought... They meant to do it like that, but man. Yes. But we're 12 as well, so we laughed at their <laughs> innuendos. What else did we see? We saw um, 
Taylor's Do It Center. And then what was the license plate? Go Cock 5. Yes, so we're not <laughs> sure what right. is going on with the Outer Banks and North Carolina. But y'all got some um, not very subtle innuendos happening. Mrs. Cranky, what was the other thing you saw? Something about a dipstick? Yes, Handy Handy Hugo's, and then the dipstick is you don't want a dirty dipstick. It was a lube oil change place. So yes, North Carolina got some not-so-subtle innuendos. So, um... Yes, our Puritan ancestors. I don't know. They were kind of, I guess, handsy in the English colonies, the lower southern English colonies there. They weren't all about God and going for their religion. They were about money and going for their whores. Yeah, it didn't work out so well because their <laughs> Roanoke colony done disappeared. Dis- which is, disappeared. That's right, which is a perfect segue. Uh-huh. So Roanoke, mm-hmm. the first English colony that's right. in North America. The Spanish were already here. As were the French. As were the French, but the English tried in... Uh, 1585, they started this. So this is like Elizabethan times. Uh, Mm -hmm. Queen Elizabeth, fucking Shakespeare. Yes. Uh, The first, not the current one. Um, so a long ass fucking time ago. uh, And, um, we were, got to see it today. It was amazing. So John, I'm sorry, Sir Walter Raleigh, uh, was the main financier for this venture. And he was a nobleman. He, he killed a lot of Irish. Um, As you do. Yes. And Queen Elizabeth allowed him to finance this and get the charter. And then he did not come over here himself. But he sent John White, who was the like the hands-on, organizing shit, coming over here, planning shit out. And... The first colony was set up in, um, like we said, 1585. They had to abandon it. Uh, conflicts with the natives. They they actually got themselves a ride from Sir Francis Drake out of here. And then they tried again in 1587. Right. And that is the colony that disappeared. Um, they call it the Lost Colony of Roanoke. However, when you go to the site, you'll see it as Fort Raleigh National Historic Site. Now, what makes this site a bit different from Jamestown Yes, is a few things. They both had issues with the Native Americans. They both probably had some food issues. They both Definitely. They lost. This was supposed to be a 600 person, person colony. colony. That's right. They lost one of the ships mm-hmm. um, because yeah. the route is you go from England, you head south to uh, the Caribbean, to the islands, and then you head north to our east coast. They lost one of their ships um, and a lot of the food and supplies for the colony were lost. So they went from this is going to be a 600 person colony to a 100 person colony. Also, Roanoke is basically on the ocean. The only thing separating this island from the Atlantic is this barrier of islands, which is the Outer Banks. Uh, With Jamestown, they had troubles themselves, but they were able to get themselves a bunch of miles up the James River, so they were sheltered from storms and they were sheltered from i guess mostly mostly from the storms yes they Um, had the same issues with the native americans they had the same issues with the the crop growing same issues with the disease they also had better management 
Roanoke would have worked because you have a coastal forest. It was really cool. Let's get back to hiking for half a second. <gasps> okay. It was really cool oh, walking yeah. through a coastal forest, There's which is very rare. There's the beach, and then there literally is a forest, forest. with southern oak trees. And cedar. And cedar, and which is fascinating. And a full fucking canopy, mm-hmm. like, on the beach. Like, this is... You never see that. So they had... If they had managed it better, they could have pulled it off. And then if you look at the Outer Banks, I keep mentioning this because it is about four miles between this island and this barrier islands of the Outer Banks. Between the island, which has a coastal forest, and the banks, there's cactus yes. on the Outer Banks. Yes, this is like an alien planet down here. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> and to the English, it was like going to a different planet. Um so Jamestown had Pocahontas she was a fucking awesome ambassador they had John Rolfe who these people were middle class Londoners here to get rich so they weren't interested in farming like they should have been and we were all saying why did they think they were gonna find gold yes they they had two objectives find gold and then find a route to China they thought that the, the Pacific Ocean was literally just beyond the forest. They thought anything below the Arctic Circle had no ice. Yep. So <laughs> ignorance is bliss, bliss because had right. they known this stuff, they probably wouldn't have attempted it, and then we wouldn't be here today. Very true. They think that what they saw, because they had pretty decent maps for people that were just hugging the coast for hundreds of years prior to set, mm-hmm. um, settlement, um, what they probably saw was the mouth of the St. Lawrence River up in Canada because they were doing shipments back and forth to Newfoundland. So they yep. were already in Canada. So they thought that big mouth of water was that pathway to the Pacific. And if you take a look, even if you're in Virginia, if you ever get here, You'll see that the mouth of the James River, that the mouth of the York River, that the mouth of the Chesapeake is so huge. It looks like an ocean. Yep. So we understand. Yes, but it's still like you're looking back at this from the 21st century and you're like, no, there's a lot of land between you and the Pacific Ocean. But that's, you know what, that's that's the problem with modern uh, sentiments today is that we, many people... I wouldn't say we, but many, many people look at history through their own biases, through their yes. own lenses. Which, <laughs> look at those primitive idiots. Exactly, which is what you shouldn't do. You, you should take a second and get into the minds of these people rather than take your own modern uh, mentality and put it into their own history. A hundred percent. That's why we end up removing statues of Thomas Jefferson because he should have been fighting for civil rights. Anyway, um, Jamestown also had Rolf, who learned from the mistakes and managed to steal Spanish tobacco and said, we're not going to look for gold. We are going to do a fucking cash crop and make this work. And that's why he became a millionaire. Yes. By by growing and selling tobacco in Virginia. Which um, the Roanoke colonists did not have. But, so, um, they they didn't have enough supplies. They were having problems with the natives. They sent John White back to England Mm -hmm. to get supplies and to do a rescue plan. He gets stuck there because the Spanish are about to invade England and Queen Elizabeth says, no one's leaving this fucking place because I need all the ships to fight the Spanish. So he's delayed two years, doesn't get back here till 1590, they're all gone. And if you watch the movie Elizabeth the Golden Age, which is the second movie with Kate Blanchett, you'll understand because that was the movie where she starts fighting the Spanish. Goddamn Catholics. <laughs> That's what Henry said. <laughs> yes. Um, so they come back. All of the houses are dismantled. There's no people. There's no evidence. There's no ev- Like, nothing was there. Except on a tree was carved... Croatoan. Which was the name of one of the local tribes. So it is believed that they um, sought shelter with the Croatoan nation. And the most plausible theory is that they 
uh, merged with them, and they literally went native. When you're in desperate times, yes. you go to the people who know your area, who know the area, and th- they went down to Croatoan Island. There's an actual island called Croatoan Island. The Native American nations that are and were down here at the time were the Algonquians. There are two separate tribes, the tribes that were with Pocahontas and the John Smith, John Rolfe story, Virginia Algonquians versus the Carolina Algonquians, which is most likely where our English friends went with. Now, unfortunately, we didn't have enough time today to get down to Croatoan Island, which is, I believe, about 60 miles south of Roanoke. However, next time, uh, yep. we will definitely visit. What they found is that word Croatoan um, carved into a palisade when they came back to try to look for these people. And unfortunately, you really can't see any of that today because the water line has receded, well, the land has receded so far, about two to 3,000 feet, yep. that most likely any um, artifact is gone. underwater. Now, the water line is, if, if you go into the water in the bay, you're walking at about two to three feet of water for about 2,000 feet, which is incredible. So you probably could find something. We should try it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, we traveled north to Kitty Hawk to the site of the Wright brothers' first successful heavier-than-air um, <clears throat> internal combustion engine-powered flying machine, and it was awesome. I was really, really impressed with this site. Um, more people, I'm assuming, are familiar with the Wright brothers and are familiar with Roanoke Colony, but... Uh, it's by... on every North Carolinian's license plate. So you yep. should. <laughs> and there were far more people there than were at the Lost Colony site. So, um, you all know this, I hope, but uh, two bicycle shop owners from Dayton, Ohio, they came to North Carolina to the Outer Banks for the winds and the privacy for their experiments. Um which was fantastic because no one was paying attention to them and they could work. Uh, They were not the only ones attempting this. The government, the United States government backed, I forget the guy's name. Langley. Yes, Langley. Langley. Thank you. The United States government backed a guy named Langley. And of course, because the United States government backed Langley, there is an Air Force base named after him. Yeah, of course. Um, (laughs) It's also um, FBI headquarters. Down in Langley? Um, I believe so. I, we can double check that, but I oh, believe so. Cool. So. <clears throat> I thought that was the Herbert Hoover building in Washington. Well, that's the, um, in Washington, D.C., but I believe oh, there's like a training there's a, there's, set. Oh, I yes. see. Oh, okay. We can double check that. But, <laughs> so they sunk a lot of money into this guy. And completely failed, shit the bed, mm-hmm. while the two private guys actually got it done. Um, there were four flights, December 17th, 1903, the longest of which was 825 feet. And they have it, it's really awesome. So they have a stone marker where they started, and then they have markers where each flight ended. And the first one is like 25 feet, the second one is 125 feet, and then all the way to the fourth one, 825 feet. It's very visitor-friendly at this yes. site. They have a great visitor center. Um, they have the airstrip with the markers. And then they have this ridiculous monument, which yes. we didn't go visit. Kill Devil Hill. Yeah. Uh, the monument was put up in the 30s. Fucking Franklin Roosevelt was there. Um, Amelia Earhart was there. And Orville Wright was there, actually. Yeah, at the 25th anniversary. <clears throat> he lived till 1948. Wilbur died in 1912 because uh, once they were successful, the Curtis Company started ripping them off. All these people started doing tr- attempting imitations, and <clears throat> they were fighting lawsuits, and Wilbur got heavily involved in fighting the lawsuits. He got run down. 
and he got typhoid and died. Um, so that's why you should take none immunity tabs. Yes. <laughs> Very sponsored by. Sponsored by. No, it really isn't. But <laughs> go get your none hydration so you don't wear yourself down, get typhoid, and die. Uh, very nice. <laughs> so we have been railing against Franklin Roosevelt all day because he just, he pops up everywhere because this guy was so invasive. And he didn't walk. Yeah, Amazing. I know. He pops up everywhere and he couldn't even walk. <laughs> so there was a stupid theater at Roanoke that the National Park Service set up under his, because he expanded the Park Service to ridiculous, which we have mixed feelings about, ridiculous degree. And he went and he saw stupid Roanoke play so like you're trying to enjoy this 16th century site and it's like Franklin Roosevelt was here fuck you um we like the parks we just abhor the fact that they charge some sites charge to get in it's like we already pay as citizens we already pay for these parks and as we discussed in our one of our Shenandoah episodes a lot of these parks were built through eminent domain, which was not a nice or fair process. Which leads me to a perfect segue. Oh. Um, <clears throat> so the Wright brothers are fighting all of these lawsuits. And Franklin Roosevelt, assistant secretary of the Navy, because we got a copy cousin Teddy, um, realized, oh my God, World War I, we, the government, want like airplanes to go kill people. So he pressured the Curtis Company and the uh, remaining Wright brother to merge and create a corporation because he was all about that. Um, Trust busting was dead under Franklin Roosevelt. And he basically kind of, he gave the the government gave them a lot of money. Um, Orville was set for life. But still, under government pressure, they set up the Curtis Wright Corporation which allowed the government to get all the patents and to make fucking weapons of war. And Orville Wright lived from an 825-foot flight that lasted 59 seconds to see um, B-29s drop fucking nuclear bombs on Hiroshima, which is just incredible to me that the mm, technology really advanced that far. I mean, even um, 13 years... World War One, yeah, to, to when they're bombing each other and fighting with each other in air, yeah. So yeah, we are not fans of Franklin Roosevelt on this podcast. And anything else on that before we do our fun fact that we also learned today? <laughs> Let's do our fun fact. So we got into this really bizarre conversation in the car, and we were looking <laughs> up. Hitler's relatives, uh, not in admiration. No, just totally not. Morbid curiosity. And today we learned that Hitler had siblings. Yes. So he had a half brother, Alois Hitler Jr. We think we're pronouncing that correctly. Alois, yeah. Alois. Mm-hmm. This guy moved to Liverpool. He didn't like his brother, his stepbrother at all. They didn't get along. They didn't get along. Uh, Because the stepmom, like Hitler's biological mom, favored him and convinced the father to treat Adolf better than, what's his, Alois? Alois. So, going back, Hitler's father was named Alois Sr. Alois Sr. had three wives. (laughs) Yes. This family is, they put the fun in dysfunction. We had an interesting time tracing this genealogy today in the car. We had three hours to kill. Yes. Uh, so Alois Sr.'s second wife was the one who had Alois Jr. and Paula and Angela. Yes. Correct? Okay. Paula Hitler. Paula, oof, I would change my name too. Many of them did. Many of them did change their name. And then Clara was the third wife, and Clara was the one that had Adolf. Yes. So, so they were half-brothers. They were half-brothers. Yes. So this guy moves to Liverpool to get away from the family and is hanging in Liverpool. Yeah, married and with a kid. Yes. He was actually in London when that happened. Okay. Yes. So 
hopefully again you're aware but i don't trust anyone because no one knows shit about shit so i don't (laughs) trust anyone's knowledge but the blitz hitler's plan was to bomb the shit out of london and then send troops across the channel so in a bizarre twist hitler ends up blowing up his His own half-brother's house in the last bombing the very last Last bombing bombing of the blitz in 1942 which we found fucking bizarre and hilarious and yes so that's like god he treated me like shit when we were growing up and there he goes he turned his father against him yeah and then he ends up blowing up his house so Uh, but he was an asshole because he did no his son was the super asshole Pat William Patrick William Patrick, Patrick Hitler. Hitler. Yes. Oh, oh God, change the name. Yes, who got arrested by the Soviets because he was a true believer and joined. Was it him or was it the other nephew? I don't know. I forget. There's so many. One of them got arrested by the Soviets because he was a, yes. they were a true believer they were and true they believers. joined the SS and yes. So that was the fun fact. Hitler blew up his own half brother's house. And. This guy lived until 19... 19 Past the war. 60. I yes. think he died. Yes. No, the sister. I'm sorry. This, this is so haphazard. <laughs> Paula Hitler ended up living until 1960. And you can actually see a televised interview with her. Which, From ITV. ITV, yeah. Uh, which is a British, British station. station that competes with BBC. Yeah, it's, it's wild. So look up. Paula, not Paula Dean Hitler, Paula, (laughs) (laughs) given her Uh, comments too. Look at Paula Wolf. Yes. She did change her last name. Yes. So look that up. Yeah. See her interviews on ITV. So that is the history portion. (laughs) That is the history History portion portion of our episode. Uh, Where are we? We are, oh. Not bad. Not bad. Um, Yeah. So we are spending another two days down here in Virginia. Uh, to see some more sites, do some more history stuff, to go to a theme park or two, um, and then making our way back north on Thursday. So if we find any other cool shit, we will report back. We here. will report back. Um, we <clears throat> don't. We are not slated to do trail until probably mid January. We do have a race coming up the first. We have an interview. The second that Saturday. we are going to drop as well. Correct. So we have this race coming up. Uh, on the 7th we are dropping an episode in a couple of days with neil he's known as neil simple life on uh, instagram he is also a white mountain wanderer uh we are in the talks with some other folks to do interviews so yeah we are growing so thank you once again thanks to our international listeners too we're always amused to find where listeners are coming from so hello to italy hello to saudi arabia (laughs) belgium Belgium, india and to our many many american listeners hello and thank you once again for supporting and listening to us ramble on about trail and history and anything else are we good that's all i got it we're good so uh please if you're listening which i hope you guys are please leave a comment uh on apple leave a five-star review if you love us love us love us and as usual you can follow us on instagram rocks underscore and underscore roots underscore pod cranky's been posting there as well as tiktok pretty regularly on tiktok we're rocks underscore roots underscore podcast we are highlighting some Virginia stuff this week. And other than that, we will catch you all soon. Happy New Year to everybody. Bye-bye.